0: oh Captain my Captain oh Captain my Captain oh Captain my Captain oh Captain my Captain welcome to oh Captain my Captain did you put the did you get the um at the beginning of that
1: yes i will I will get the um I'll get because... make the um in there
0: we've discussed this already I'm not well I I am an ill captain Uh, (laughs) uh, I've got a cold I've had a cold a week Um, I've got warm up tonight and um, a gig tomorrow I've done a couple of tests a week so I've not got the Rona the vid I'm just now i mean you can see my face can you describe to our noble listener how i'm looking
1: you look slightly puffier than usual that's all oh, thanks yeah.
0: mate is that a technical but technical is, term
1: is that a compliment i guess
0: <laughs> oh, if you were clean. here earlier noble listener you would have been hearing uh Ricky talk about the drugs that I'm allowed to take. uh, you know, extra drugs, not drug drugs. Ricky yeah. wasn't going, you know, over, I know you're feeling ill, so go and do some ketamine. Uh crack. or some crack yeah, no. Although you know, I imagine it would make me feel better short term. Yeah, yeah, short uh, term.
1: Short term would be incredible.
0: Have you um have you done a gig ill? Have you ever done a gig ill?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I've done I've oh, done several. yeah yeah.
0: Me. Tell me about this
1: um so and, was... and
0: also make your answer quite long so i could blow my nose.
1: yes yeah, so don't worry i'll edit out all the blowing um thank you so my uh ill gig it was actually at top secret comedy the first time that i went there i was doing a spot and i had come to london to visit my friend And I was so sick. Like literally before I went on stage, I had to go to the toilet because I was like, I either I'm going to chun or um, I need a moment to myself. And I was just like, you know what? I just need to go up there, do the gig and then leave and be on a bus on my own but it went well um like I think they asked me to come back so I guess I didn't sneeze on anyone or I didn't I managed not to vomit on stage but there is a thing isn't there it's like um stage wellness or something where when you go on stage it just
0: to theatre yeah, a Doctor Theatre. <laughs> that's what we call it. That's what we call it in the biz. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Theatre. And I think basically the idea of Doctor Theatre is just when you're just about to do something like go on stage, your, uh, your adrenaline starts pumping up and you start getting kind of, you know, a bit giddy and a bit excited. And that's the thing that makes you feel OK while you're on stage
1: yeah yeah exactly and it's definitely a thing because while while you're up there you can't think about anything else apart from doing stand up which is kind of what like some people like about performing because it's if you think about it like it's kind of like exercise or yoga or whatever you can't really think about anything else apart from this is all I'm doing so it puts people in the moment and it's it puts your mind off of the illness but yeah yeah yeah, I think I think performing while ill is fine if you can hack it. That's how I would Yeah, say
0: it. I, I agree. I've done some amazing ill gigs. Like I did um, I did a New Year's Eve years ago, at least 20 years ago, where I was so ill on New Year's Day that when I went to the gig, I went to the gig, my dad drove me to the gig, <coughs> waited Outside while I did the gig. Um, I was I, I was so shivery and feverish that I had pyjamas on and I put my normal clothes over my pyjamas. Oh, my Lord. Did the gig, was fine for the two hours of the gig, went back in the car and was asleep by the time I got home. And this was only a Bristol gig as well. Like, I was wow absolutely exhausted. And then there was another one where... I did a, an episode of Deal or No Deal. I went out the night before with a friend of mine, camera operator on Deal or No Deal, and had mussels and mutton uh, mm-hmm. as a main course. It was beautiful. And what? I woke up in the middle of the night. <laughs> and I woke up in the middle of the night with <coughs> just coming out of every everywhere it could come out of. It was horrible. Um
1: Muscles and mutton. Um,
0: uh, it wasn't pre poisoning. It was the norovirus. The norovirus was going around the time. Classic. And I I stood on stage at the No Deal, gripping onto the chair where the contestants would sit to keep myself upright.
1: I God!
0: did the warm-up for that episode, went back, I wasn't living near the studio, but my mum and dad did live near the studio, I went back to my mum and dad's house, had a bath, had a sleep for about four hours, and then went back to the studio to do the warm-up for the show in the afternoon. Jesus
1: Christ, Mark. It
0: was, uh, I know, absolute insane. So this week, I've just got a bit of a cold. Uh, There's a cold definitely doing the rounds. Um, I think I got mine at the Leicester Comedy Festival. I was there at the weekend. Um, I apologise about this cough, but this is the perfect day for me to be ill while we're doing this episode. Because me and you, Ricky, Ricky. we are shutting the fuck up today. Yes, that's okay. an I- ideal podcast. An ideal podcast. We are coming in when the conversation gets nosed a little bit. We are asking yeah. questions that we need to ask. Because today yeah. we're doing an episode about women in comedy. Now, mm. I feel a little bit conflicted about this episode.
1: Yeah, um, I, I want to hear your thoughts because, like, well, I is... just
0: don't like them. I'll be, I'll put it up there. <laughs> <laughs> what,
1: what, a, what a take! I mean, is it, imagine if that's
0: the direction this went in. Absolutely, what's wrong with you people? No, we're doing an episode about women in comedy because quite a few people have asked us to do an episode on women in comedy. Mm. And when I say quite a few, I mean three or four, which considering, well, I think so, because considering that we get asked to do lots of episodes, oh, can you do it about this specific thing? Because this person wants to do this specific thing. Oh, can you do an episode about getting into doing 10 minutes at the comedy store? You know, they want really specific... Yeah, oh, can yeah. you do an episode on how to do Green Man? You know, they weren't yeah. like specific, yeah, yeah, But yeah. this is a few people have asked about an episode about women in comedy. Now we'll talk about this when our guests come in, because we've got a couple of guests today. Uh are they lingering? Are you looking? Are they in the waiting room?
1: No, nah, I was checking to see if I'd had any messages on
0: to... <coughs> Um So, a lot of female comics get annoyed when a journalist asks them, so, what's it like being a woman in comedy?
1: Mm. And
0: a lot of my friends will say, the the main difference is that the men don't have to put up with that stupid fucking question.
1: That is Um, a great response.
0: Yeah, because they do just get asked that question all the time. However think, this being Oh Captain My Captain, and this being for people who are maybe starting out in comedy, or just fans of comedy, I do also think there are some differences in the experience of women in comedy the men in comedy. For a start, men in comedy don't have to put up with loads of other male comics coming onto them when they've just come off stage all the time. So...
2: Mm. Mm.
0: there's lots to discuss and Mm. I'm looking forward to it because the three guests are absolutely brilliant Um, Mm -hmm. uh, they've all got very different experiences Uh, they're all intelligent and chatty and that's going to help when I die and lay on my sofa I might even turn my camera off so people don't have to see uh, just how shit I look
1: don't worry. Um, I have had oh <laughs>
0: that okay.
1: This just looks like I'm talking to myself now on Zoom. I have had these past thirty episodes to train, I can take the helm on the full hosting.
0: I feel Well like... you have. I mean you've done you've done the hosting a couple of times with the with the warm-up episode with the JJ yeah. Castle one, So Yeah.
1: So if you you know... you're Ill, If you're ill, don't worry about it. Have you been I waiting
0: can... for this? Did you
1: I made you ill, yeah.
0: Engineer this.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a very it was very hard, but I managed to get some viruses to infect you, luckily.
0: Oh, you're a good you're a good lovely doctor aren't you? Um <laughs> can you tell me can you tell me about your week please, uh well,
1: Yeah, okay, so my did you, week... you did
0: a gig in Oxford?
1: Yes, I did and it was amazing. I w- it was for Alex Farrow at the like New Wall Uh, Theatre or something like that Uh, It's just the theatre in Oxford Usually the gig It it was a Friday night, usually gets about 70 people But for whatever reason There were about 100 and there was 191 people There Wow! Yeah so it was packed People on like the sides um, Just completely packed to the brim did about 15 did 15 minutes it went went pretty well um nice little paid gig drove to oxford uh to do it and it was it was really it was really cool because it's like i think bristol's such a nice place to start doing stand-up because you can really do your new material your open mic nights and stuff but like when it comes to getting paid stuff and moving around it's kind of a good little base to have because it's easy to get to london it's easy to get to like the Midlands, kind of an easy get to the proper, proper Southwest. So, yeah, it's really it's really good because it's like I'm starting to do these nights and people are like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm Ricky fucking Macindo. And that's and good because I've had time in Bristol.
0: Amazing. Let's bring the guests in. Um. Okay. So we are joined now by... Our three amazing guests. And we are doing today uh women in comedy. Um, so uh you three, take it away. We're out. Me and Ricky ain't talking for an hour. We're out, uh, we're chilling out, we're not saying anything, crack
2: on. You're doing women in comedy. I mean, I mean maybe I mean, we want to rephrase it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, you're <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is a fair point.
0: We might have to we, we, we might have to look at that as a linguistic thing as well. So, we are joined by Alison June-Smith. Hello, Alison. Hi. Uh, so, we're going to do this as a kind of, like, intro with, like, your brief CVs. But one of the reasons I'm really excited about having you on is that, so how long have you been gigging? 22 years now. 22 years. And what's great about that is that so often, so Ricky is 24. Oh my
1: god. Hello. Hi.
0: Ricky was still a fetus when I started gigging. So he was a baby when you started. Oh, that's so weird. Isn't it?
2: You were I you are (laughs) almost the same age as some jokes that I tell. Um, An
0: interesting career because you've been uh because you started gigging in Canada and then you came over here. Um reasons that we're doing this episode is that people uh, have asked for this episode. People who listen to O Captain, My Captain have actually said, can you do a, an episode of a Captain, My Captain about the experience of women in stand-up, the experience of, uh, of what it's like, maybe of how to make the scene better, to make experiences better. And I'm guessing, Alison, you are fairly well-trained because I'm going to have a stab in the dark that you have seen some good experiences and some fucking dreadful experiences in those 22 years.
2: Well, to be honest with you, the fact that some of your listeners are even like, we want to hear about a woman's experience in comedy, <laughs> that shows a change <laughs> in society's <laughs> view in general. I mean, that blows my mind. You know, I come from a world of when I started, like, literally, you would get. I mean, I used to say to MCs, okay, so this is how it is. I used to say to MCs, could you please not say my name till the very last second? Because if the audiences knew a woman uh, was coming on, they would get up and go to the washroom. They would, you know, now's my time to get another beer. I would hear audible boos. I would hear groans. Uh, One time in Liverpool, before I even said a word, some guy screamed out, nobody cares what you have to say, love. Like... It it was such a different experience. And I mean, that's not all the time, but that definitely was there. So now when I walk on stage and people are like, yes, a girl, it still throws
0: me. So, joined by is my favourite guest we have ever had uh, on the podcast so far or in the future. Because Claire is the only person who has said to me as we're sorting this out, can I swear and can I smoke? And no one has asked those questions.
3: I'm going to smoke now.
0: <laughs> and I love... Sorry, that such a. No, it's absolutely... I love the fact you even blew the smoke away from us like you were in a pub <laughs> with us. Just in case. <laughs> Claire's experience of stand-up, I'm guessing Claire is almost... Like, you've been gigging for how long?
3: not very long really like i mean like it's really interesting listening to Alison, but like i i started in 2019 um so and obviously that was like pandemic as well so yeah um a couple of years really um shall i go on (laughs) you do whatever you want mate you do whatever you want (laughs) well like yeah i guess I would, you know, like it, like obviously, like Alison's had a lot more kind of of that experience. But I was uh, having kind of sort of done stuff in like performance poetry and theater like twenty years ago. When I started doing the standup, I was I was really like, this is weird. I've this is like I've never come across an art form that has uh, the has so few women and opportunities for women um and it was it kind of was like this is like we're like 20 years behind on art forms and I was I was just really kind of like shocked but obviously it was a lot worse when Alison was starting out um and I just thought fuck this uh I'll just set up a women's night um and uh you know, so it's it's kind of you know feel it sort of feels a bit like oh I don't want to, you know yeah but what I what's happened is like it, is this going to work? Am we going to pull it off? It was a chi- it was a trial night and I was absolutely blown away and gobsmacked by the response. It was like wow, do you know what I mean? You know we were absolutely rammed when I said oh Femme de la Femme would be back. Everyone just went yeah. <laughs> and uh i was like oh obviously people are really wanting this yeah, we'll get on to um and i've been we'll
0: get on to the women only nights in a minute because because i'm fascinated by them because my my opinion of women only nights has has changed quite a lot over the years i never used to think i was always like oh it's like it's like the paralympics for comedy but actually in the last <laughs> four years i'm like oh no i get it i totally understand why they are so important uh and we are also joined by d who uh d allen so you are i think our designated generation Z, because you've already explained uh before the podcast how you are using both your camera and uh, your phone, and all of us old people were blown away. <laughs> yes,
1: by this. all us old people were blown away
0: by it. Oh yeah, Ricky is an old person <laughs> as well today. Ha ha
4: ha. Yes, no, I, I am. I am that. Hello, I feel like I, I'm I'm designated blank in in more ways than one uh, uh, on this particular uh, uh, <laughs> uh, subject. But yes, uh, what do, what do you want us to fill the blank with? I I was just going to say trans, transgender, um, you know, obviously like, I, well, let's dive in. Uh, I think, you know, like it's, it's, it's strange, obviously not being a woman, my whole life, um, you know, not starting comedy as a woman. So to then go from, you know, being kind of male, you know, male presenting to female presenting, uh, and seeing that change both in myself, in the way that I kind of carry myself on stage and also in audiences uh, has been quite weird. <laughs> uh, and I don't think I was necessarily expecting it. I mean, it's quite affirming, you know, that, that it has changed how I think audiences kind of look at me and, and deal with me. Um, you know, they're certainly seeing me as something else, but uh, yeah, I think, you know, as, as, uh, as Claire was saying, I feel like we're not we're not there yet.
0: Um D, I have a question, and it's something that we brought up in the preamble, and I think um Alison and Claire would have maybe had this question as well. That friends of mine, and I will name them, Susie Ruffle and Angela Barnes, always say the line that when a interview, when a journalist says to them, so what's it like being a woman in comedy? They hate that question and they say, well, I'll tell you what, the men don't get asked that fucking question all the fucking time in in articles as well. Have you had that question about being a trans person in in comedy yet? Yeah,
4: I have. Uh, Quite a lot of green room conversations seem to steer themselves to that, particularly with sort of, like in more established clubs with more established acts, they seem, I think they're just more kind of confident Uh, confident enough to ask those kind of questions Um, usually it's a kind of uh, more of an intellectual discussion about sort of stage persona versus real persona because so I mean I only came out a couple of years ago um, and so I'm still kind of figuring out the person that I am off stage (laughs) as well as on stage Um, so I think that's been sort of the main topic of conversation but yeah people do ask Relatively frequently, how I kind of square my real self with uh, with what I'm putting on stage. And what about just the
0: experience of being a woman on stage? Like, have you have you found the experience similar to to some of the things that Alison has said, or similar to some of the things that Claire has said
4: already? Well, I think in, it's interesting. So I haven't had any, you know, Liverpool twenty years ago experiences where people have just started booing immediately. That hasn't happened, which is good. Uh, I think it. It so far, I think the only kind of pattern that I've been able to draw is that audiences in places like London and Brighton, like you can just go on stage and say, I am a trans woman and people will cheer. Uh, and then other parts of the country, people will not do that. <laughs> so there will be kind of a slight sense of arms folded like okay here we go sort of thing um, I don't know if it's because they're worried that they're going to be kind of lectured to about things or they're just they just don't really understand what I am um, but I, yeah I think certainly with some audiences it feels like I have kind of more work to do to kind of prove myself to to, or to them that I can kind of belong as a woman in that in that place um, so I think in terms of people asking me, you know, what it's like as a as a woman in comedy, I'm almost reluctant to put myself in that conversation. because you know, most people in comedy are lovely. Most people in comedy are not, you know, transphobic. They're not the JK Rowling types where it's like, how dare you describe yourself as that? But I always worry that someone will be. So, for instance, I did the Pleasance Reserve at the Edinburgh Fringe last summer uh it was where four comedians go up to the fringe uh at the Pleasance and they do like a, like an hour between them uh and it was the first time that of the four comedians um, a clear majority had been women um but that was only true because I was there and so I I didn't feel like making it you know some other people had said that and it was great but I didn't feel like I could kind of be super excited about that. In case someone was like, "Well, you're not actually on." Um, so it's it's kind of the the threat of that kind of negativity is always kind of in the background, hanging around. Um, I think it just makes me a little bit nervous. Well, do you
0: know what? For being somewhere like here, full disclosure,
4: you know, uh, I um because I'm ill. I've
0: mentioned this. I'm iller than any man has ever been in the history of uh, mankind, and uh, we wanted to do this episode. And uh, myself and Ricky do it. And we were like... And actually, I spoke to Claire first. And uh, Claire was like, oh, they're going to be other guests. And I'm like, I think we should have other guests because otherwise it's too, uh, It's too, <coughs> It's two cishet men talking to one woman going, tell us all about your experiences. And so we felt that we should open it up. And from a full disclosure, D, uh I you probably last night or the night before because i was just going through twitter and i was like oh shit there must be a younger female comic i could get on this thing who can i get on and because i worked with you at the bbc new comedy awards uh that was why um it was much more your age and your experience than you being a trans
4: woman right okay well that's that's nice uh you know i think often i assume because obviously I've only ever had my experiences, you know, like I, everything that's happened to me, I have, you know, I, I, I view it through my own kind of lens. So I think, I assume if people are crossing their arms and being, and you know, sighing, that it's it's because of the trans thing, not because of the woman thing, but maybe <laughs> it is. <laughs> Hooray!
0: And <laughs> <laughs> um, Claire, what do because I think we're going to split this up into two sections, one being about what cunts audiences can be, and one section, what cunts uh, other comedians can be. So shall we start with comedians first? How do you... Do you like boy comedians?
3: Me? Um, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I laugh at most things. I do laugh at most things, but I much prefer hearing women... Um, I find them generally funnier um and that's just because like you, you you're gonna relate more aren't you and I think you know I certainly don't i certainly don't feel comfortable hearing men certain sort of rape jokes things like that um not not you know i I think there can be, not with everyone, but there can be a tendency to go there and and you know, the paedophile jokes and stuff. And and it's like, it's not really my bag. Um and it can make you feel a bit uncomfortable at times. But there's some, you know, there are some like very funny men on the circuit. I just I just sort of really enjoy the um I just prefer women. I just prefer listening to women. I just I just find them funnier.
0: What about you, Alison?
2: Yeah, I, I like the boy comics. I mean, I've been working with them for a lot of years. What about right?
0: as people as well?
2: Yeah, 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 as people. I mean, but look, if we're going to go, um, if we're going to talk about, you know, guys, girls, whatever, you know, I there's good and bad everywhere. Right. So there are definitely some male comics that I do not want to be in a green room with, but there are also some male comics that I look forward to being in a green room with, uh, the skill that I feel I have learned over time is, uh, Mm. learning how to be in an environment with people that maybe I don't enjoy or have a different mindset and, you know, again, I come from a very different world in Canada where it's a lot of road gigs and Canada is a very big country. Mm. So often you are driving, um, in a car with the, with the other comic that you're booked with, which is most times a dude. So I've learned to Mm. get used to working with people that I don't necessarily bond with, uh, for long periods of time. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, is it nice to have more women around You fucking bet it is just because then you don't feel like you're representing all women or, or I'm sure D for you every time you talk, you know, you are feeling like you're representing all trans in every discussion or you would, you know, and for many years we feel like. You know, look, uh, for many years, I was the only girl because it's like Highlander, there could only be one as far as everyone was concerned, right? With There can only be one and we must battle, which I think is a big problem too, is that we're not taught to build a network and to support each other and to help each other out. I think over the years, dudes have been able to go like, hey, I'll pass this on to my buddy, you should book my buddy. And everyone's like, great. But because there's been so few women in this industry, we haven't been able to develop that network the same. So instead we feel very pitted against one another. So I feel like more than ever, uh, this is such a great time, but yes, I like working with the boys. Yes, I like working with the girls. Yes, I like working Mm. with anyone as long as they're a good person and open-minded. And I think everyone has funny experiences. I think what women have become better at over the years, if you are a club girl and you've been working for years is finding material that is specific to people not you know uh, you know this is my view as a woman this is my no people look you look at early Ellen DeGeneres mm. I still think some of her materials some of the best fucking stuff I've ever seen because she was working in a time where it was like let me just talk about my experiences as a human on the planet so I think sometimes uh you know that's what I learned like early days it was like if I started talking about my weight, my mother, my boyfriend, I would feel audiences be like, "No, we're out." So I feel like, yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm going off onto a different subject matter, but yes, I like working with them all. But am I excited that there's more women around? Oh my god,
3: yes.
1: Mm. Now, have you noticed the change in the male comedians, like over time? Oh, oh, oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> okay. Look, dudes, dudes who are not, you know, I I don't want to make them seem like, look, it's not, it's not a bad thing that they, they're a past men who have worked in an environment where it's tall guys. But like, yeah, it's, it's different to see how they react now. I'm like, oh, you're the only boy in the room. How does that feel? Or guys who get worked up because they're like, I was told I couldn't do this show because they've, they've got too many men on. And I just go, well, welcome Mm. Welcome to the world of what it's like being any sort of what is seen as a diverse actor, you know. So, yeah, I do. I do feel the difference. And I love the younger guys that are starting in comedy now because they don't they don't have that viewpoint, which I really love. They're just so excited to be there and so excited to be working with whoever's with them. I mean, it's it's definitely changed. And it's yeah. Are there some bitter ones? Oh, Yeah. yeah, there's some bitter ones out there. But uh, there's part of me, too, that's like, well, hopefully they learn and grow from this experience as well, because I had two early days. Now they have two later days.
0: Wow. Hey, have you had the experience of um, a male MC going, well, this next act is a woman, so, you know, let's hope she's good or not. Or has that kind of style of MC in sort of gone out a little bit?
4: Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> I think people have. I've never been introduced like that, which is nice.
0: Uh, you know, that's a, a thing, bit. right? Do you know? Alison laughed when I said it. Do you know of that kind of that stereotype?
4: Yeah, I do. I do. I think. I mean, I've, I. don't think I've ever seen that happen in person. I know that that is a thing, but I think just the time that I've been doing stand up, I. I think that's rare as hen's teeth, as my grand would say. Uh, I hope. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I do so many nice London gigs where I live. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, I, I think some some MCs in particular. I think because MCs tend to be older, whiter, and more male than the, than your average comic. I think from MCs, are the people that I've had to kind of straight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that
0: was me. That was me older. waving. By the way, I should have <laughs> I should have realized that this is an audio <laughs> form. Yes, I am the oldest, the whitest, <laughs> and the malest of them all.
4: It wasn't wasn't a personal yeah. attack, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, it, <laughs> because of that, that those are the kind of demographics, I think MCs are the people I've had the kind of slightly stranger conversations with uh, in the time that I've been doing it, where they felt the need to, to tell me all about how comedy works. And it, very strangely, never did that when I was, uh, you know, male presenting. They never felt the need to explain to me how anything works. or or what I needed to do to move on to the next level. wow. They (laughs) seem to kind of take it upon themselves, like, oh, okay, you can, here's some advice. And it's like, that's very kind of you, but I didn't actually technically ask. Um, Yeah, it's very strange, it's very strange. So it's definitely still there. uh, My favourite
0: story about uh, how male comics can be actually comes from Claire Berry. and i tell people this all the time claire i tell them all the time the tripod story because i love i love the tripod story so much because i think it just shows just what dickheads people can be yeah <laughs> shall i
3: tell the tripod story then
0: <laughs> tell the tripod story
3: well it's actually it's actually happened more than once but it's that, uh, it, you know, um, you know, I, I I know that some people have to do this because they double up and whatever, but, like, literally just come, do their bit, or and then they've got a tripod or they've got a film, and you say, oh, would it be possible, you know, like, to borrow the tripod to put my... No, 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 I'm not, not helping anybody else. And I, I, I it, it's just felt really like, okay um you know even if they're there for the whole night it's like no no you, no it's no it's just, just just my show um and I just you know it it, it surely it's about uh you, you know just kind of like supporting each other and being a bit of a community and I sort of feel that there's a for me what I've experienced in the in the community with women that it, it is a lot more like oh I'll do that for you. I'll hold that for you or yeah do you want me to help or there just seems more sort of camaraderie but um there's that de- I think I think it's it's like men that they just feel that they're the the big I am and, and nobody else really matters is you know
1: Mark you're on mute Mark you're, on you're mute. Mute because I knew you were gonna go into a long thing.
0: So I was like, I'm gonna tell you now <laughs>
1: before you say anything.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to mute myself every time I have to blow my nose and cough my guts <laughs> up. I've even started moving the camera away from myself <laughs> for some form of dignity and just to let you amazing people who are doing this not have to put up with this. Um the thing I find amazing because for me, comedy is all about collaboration. I think the one thing that people don't realize when they start is because it's usually one person standing up on stage, people don't realize how collaborative we are. And I know Alison's experience will be very similar to mine of the long car journeys. So and when you have those long car journeys, you will talk about toppers at jokes, you will talk about like bits and pieces for me, especially living in Bristol when I started with all my friends who were living here, we found it incredibly collaborative, because it has to be, and so the idea of someone going, no, this is my tripod, like, I genuinely think I would probably laugh in that person's face, or tell them to stop being a prick. <laughs> like mm. I, think I, mm. I think I would, I think I would have to. Dee, do you find the the world of of stand up collaborative like have you got lots of friends that because you came were you in footlights
4: i was sort of i was sort of near footlights yeah which is which is not a particularly mm-hmm. well it, it's quite collaborative but also because it's sort of a pretty strict kind of social hierarchy it's quite uh it can be quite brutal um but com- kind of stand up comedy more broadly I think is very collaborative well i have found it to be very collaborative um there is certainly you know i'm you know i haven't been going that long um but i've I've done quite a lot of sort of competitions and things and that seems to be the way that a lot of comedians kind of get their start these days um and so even and even in those otherwise quite you know obviously you are literally being pitted against each other But even there, I feel like there is still that kind of camaraderie that you are all in it together. You know, you're all the same kind of person. Because in life, most people are not stand-up comedians. And I feel like, you know, even just having that in common, sitting in a room, puts you in much better stead than you would be with a room full of strangers. Um, So yeah, I think people, I think comedians as a whole are a good bunch who look out for each other. I think there are obvious notable exceptions. but as a rule, yeah.
0: How do we deal with the notable exceptions? Alison, are there kind of there ways that have developed over time, whether it's developed in the North American circuit or developed over here? Are there ways that we can kind of deal with the bell ends, basically?
2: I think that's slowly happening. I think audiences are changing, you know, a society is changing what they want to hear and what they don't want to hear is changing overall. So I think the bell ends are getting filtered out slowly, but surely, um, uh, you know, so I feel like this is the biggest movement that's happening right now in that, you know, diversity and, and diverse lineups is really being stressed and pushed, which I, I think is tremendous. Look, this is this is the way it goes. Look, the, the pendulum has to swing really far one way. Cause I know a lot of people are like, oh all lineups are all about diversity. It's not about who's funny, which is a load of shit. But also right now, Look, we are working to get to a point where diversity is a natural occurrence. So yes, there is a push right yet now. That pendulum is really on one side. And, and people are like, oh, people who aren't ready are getting put spots. Well, who cares? Eventually, that pendulum is going to come to the middle, and we're going to find that natural balance. But the problem is, it's so outweighed now that we, you know... I feel like we we are getting closer to that. So I feel like it is naturally happening. Um, unfortunately, you can't tell people, you can't just go, well, you you have to, you have to listen to this or you have to accept that. But I feel it is happening in society naturally because it's such a different world than it was again. And I, I hate talking like this because I don't want to sound like some old funny daddy, but it's just like, you know, this is my career for a while and I've seen changes in people and things and and you know it was interesting. D, you mentioned about how early on for you right now, it's it's a it's a lot of competitions and that sort of thing. That that is one thing too. I have to mention in the UK, it's all about a contest, right? It's all about who's going to win the title of this. I've never seen so many competitions in comedy in my fucking life. Like mm. it's all about. You know, it's not just about gigs and getting out there and being funny in front of audiences, which I think is a whole different game. So that's that's really interesting in the UK. But I feel like it is happening. We are slowly doing it. Um, I think it's up to the clubs. I think it's up to promoters and I think it's up to bookers to back it. And if audiences are like, we, you know, well, like, okay, I knew, uh, I won't say, but there was a club who did an all woman lineup and some people showed up and they were like, no, we want to get our tickets you know, refunded. We don't want this. This is not what we came for. And the club was like, oh, well, fine, here's your fucking money back, please go. We don't want you here anyway, if that's your attitude. And that's what needs to continue to happen. It's not up to us. It's up to the people who are booking the gigs, the people who are, they are the ones that determine, right? There are other clubs too that aren't doing this, that are not progressive, who aren't trying. And they are also encouraging that audience to not move forward with society, I think. So I think it's a lot on, and I'm sorry bookers don't hate me for saying this, please still book me. But I do feel it is. it is up to them. They're the ones controlling it. They have the fucking control. They can look at a lineup and go, let's make this diverse. Um, or they can be like, we don't care. We book who we think is funny, which is code for we are sexist pieces of shit. No,
0: do you know what? <laughs> so do you know what I think it's code for? I think it's code for they are lazy. I think it's, yeah. it's because I, so when I do belly laughs in January, I did 121 gigs in uh, in three weeks, I booked 121 gigs in four different cities, and there wasn't a single all male lineup in all of those gigs. And for me, booking a all male lineup is easy, right? Booking a diverse lineup is difficult, but it's only more difficult than booking. An all male lineup. So, what time is it now? So, we're recording this on Friday, 3rd of March, 20 to 12. Someone said to me, I want to do a comedy night in Bristol tonight. Can you book a lineup for me? I'd be able to book an all male lineup probably before midday. You know, I'd be able to do it absolutely like that. I'd be able to get an MC, six acts, all white men. An all white male lineup is the easiest thing in the world. And booking a diverse bill just takes a little bit more effort. You know, it really does just a little bit more effort. And it's not even loads more effort. It's just a bit more effort. Like booking this podcast today, wanting to book a younger female comic, meant that I had to have the slightly more effort to go, who do I know who's young? D, I'll ask D. Like it (laughs) literally, like it loads of effort that's just me having to go oh I'm not just going to ask the first people that come to my mind I'm going to ask the second level of people that come to my mind and to me it's as straightforward
3: as that
1: yeah. I- yeah yeah that is interesting sorry yes, you
3: go Okay, I was just going to butt in there um I was just going to say I think that it's very much, it can be, it can turn into kind of a mates thing. Do you know what I mean? You just book your mates. And then if most of the bookers are like young men, they're going to go, oh, yeah, like they, it's kind of being a bit like blind. Do you know what I mean? It's just like just seeing those, like, oh, yeah, my mate that does this, my mate that does that. And, um, and I agree that 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 there is like a a laziness, but also like what I don't understand sometimes is like you know women hold fifty percent of the sky, as they say. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like I don't. I, it's like I think. Do you just think about your mates and what you think is funny, or do you actually think about what audience you want to attract and I think that that can be forgotten. It's like you know, when you when you book him, you think you know. For me, I'm thinking like, okay, I want a younger, older um, a person of color. You know, like you know, I want to get a real mixed bag because I want to cater for a mixed audience, and I want to make that lineup really interesting. And you've got really different perspectives and stuff, so. I just find it—it's like it's like it's not only laziness in terms of uh, trying to find women. It's almost laziness about what what you what what's you're not th- not really thinking about your audience. That's my thoughts on
4: it. Mm.
1: Mm. Yeah, because it's like a, I guess people don't really the way that I've tried from at least uh, a race perspective kind of to communicate the diversity thing to people who promote gigs or whatever it's kind of been like it's in your best interest to have women people of different races or whatever because it's if you're a, some if you're someone let's say uh, let's imagine i'm a white man
0: i imagine that all the time actually
1: yeah that's how i got this podcast yeah um, <laughs> mark's
0: like he's black <laughs> what? What? yeah okay go rick. Go. <laughs> a, your, your name is rick
1: yeah because you thought Rick was a white boy and you're like yeah oh, captain my captain <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah if i'm writing comedy if i'm writing stand-up yeah, I'm basically, I'm using all my inspirations, the people that I know of trying to create new material. And there comes a point because there are so many big, like famous white male comedians that it it comes to a point where it's hard to be original and be like, I am something different. So if for, we're in a point now where there's loads of people who are like... Um, differently abled acts but different races uh, women like have loads of different experiences that it's like you can get material that it's like there's no huge bit that millions of people know about because it's can be a lot more unique because it hasn't had the spotlight put on it so this is your opportunity to basically get uh, some comedy that is no one else has seen because how many bits are there about your wife and your your stepmom or whatever like yep. all these things your job it's just there's so much stuff that's been done before this is an opportunity to get new things
0: d do you um hear us and i i say this question with as much love and also frankly hope as possible but <laughs> do you hear us having these conversations and think oh that doesn't feel like scene or that doesn't feel like the southeast scene, like, do you feel that because of where you gig mostly, which is in that part of the world, that maybe things are slightly more progressive?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think they just sort of are more progressive in different places so like geography is a big part of that. I think also you know, generationally I think I think a lot of the stuff that you guys are talking about you know that that it takes X amount of time to put together an all-white male bill versus not that, or even just whether they are the first people to come to your mind. I think, I think generate. I think along my generation to speak on behalf of everyone in my generation, uh, I think that it's it's a lot less of a an issue. I think of the comedians that I know, if I think about the the gigs that they would book. I think it would be very rare that if they were just naming the first few comedians that came to their head or naming the comedians that they were closest to, that you would end up with many all white male gigs. I think that would be, that'd be really rare. I think that's just, maybe that's, maybe it's, maybe it's partially London and partially a generational thing. Um, but I think, yeah, there's just, there's just so much more kind of, of that, you know, natural diversity that Alison was talking about that, you know, the pendulum is swinging, um, and yeah, I'm I'm hopeful, cautiously optimistic. Have um have you started
0: going for gigs in? I'm going to be slightly oh. careful now, not massively careful because I'm quite happy pissing off some people. But are you um started looking at booking gigs in, let's say, the Nottinghamshire area? where there might be promoters who, but Alison is racking ahead of who that promoter is. Um, Or the Northeast or, uh, or even the Northwest where I know Alison and Claire are based. Like, have you started doing gigs in those sorts of places? I'm I'm just
4: dying to, I suppose I was supposed to have a gig in Leicester tomorrow, uh, but it got canceled because it flooded. So these, this is why you don't travel outside of London because these things happen. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But so, yeah, I have started doing that. I did a gig, for instance, in in Portsmouth, also obviously, you know, south, southeast, but a very different vibe to Brighton, for instance, which is not very far away. Um, and the Portsmouth audiences, in my experience, are not super excited to see you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's something that I'll, I'm going to encounter more and more. I think part of it is me needing to kind of have a kind of different spin maybe on 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 presenting who I am. So I think in in more kind of progressive places, I think there's more of a kind of inbuilt assumption. You, know, you, you don't have to do as much work to explain explain yourself. Uh, whereas in some other places then there might need to be a little bit more legwork. But I think that's partially on me as much as it is on them.
0: But I think there are two different there are two different arguments here. There are, or two different discussions. The one is how you deal with those audiences. Mm. And um, I don't know if Ricky has had this example as a black man going down to Somerset, Devon, Dorset, or whatever. <laughs> Ricky is rolling his eyes at that, that you do have to kind of maybe work a little bit harder mm. to get those hes <laughs> on side, but not even massively hard. Do you know what I mean? A bit harder to do an extra line to get that joke in, to do an extra bit the other side is promoters. You know, the other side is and what I said about the Northwest and Claire mm. did a not, it's like promoters can have that uh that reluctance sometimes to to book a nice diverse bill. And I know Claire, that was one of the things that led you to wanting to do Femme de la Femme, wasn't it? Because you were like I'm often the only woman you were doing open spots and you were often the only woman on these bills and it was just annoying you. Right.
3: Well, I think, uh, yeah. And like what, uh, you know, I think the thing I find really annoying was I'd get really angry when you're sort of scrolling through, you know, what gigs are on and it's just one after the other, one after the other, all white men, all white men, one after the other. And I'm just kind of like, is that, is that, you know, this is, this, I, you know, I'm sure, you know, obviously there's an audience for that, but I I just, it was just blowing my head off. Do you know what I mean? It's like, how how is that even like interesting? Do you know what I mean? Over and over and over again.
0: Yeah. Um, And I know Dee talks about, Dee talks about being in London, but and I know that people think of Bristol as this kind of, this sort of, woke snowflake, you know, utopia that we live in because Bristol is essentially now a suburb of uh, (laughs) of London and Brighton is quite similar. But you know what? Newcastle, Cardiff, Manchester, Liverpool, they're all cities that are diverse cities, full of, there's women in Manchester and Liverpool. I've seen them. There's women in Glasgow and Edinburgh. There are, and this will come as a surprise to some people. There are black people in Wales. It's amazing. There are black and Asian people in in Wales, and yet for some reason, people are like, "Well, well, they're not going to do the gigs." Alison, you were making, you were gesticulating wildly then.
2: Yeah, just because I always I always feel too, you know, because look, I I moved to Manchester. I've been in Manchester. I lived in London for a couple of years. I went back to Manchester because I wanted to own property. Uh, and so, you know, you, you got to leave. But I think we have to be careful too, because as we're talking, I don't want to go label all of like certain areas or not, because I don't feel that. There is such a scene right now in the north. Uh, that is wonderful and and diverse and excellent and supportive. So I also, you know, because look, I've been to clubs in London where I'm like, I I have felt a racist, misogynist vibe in the center of London. So I think we have to be careful too when we're talking about locations, okay? Just, Just because I'm in the North and I get very upset when people are like, oh, up North. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. It's a very... Now there are certain places that you go that maybe they haven't adopted that yet for sure. But again, we can find that anywhere. Um, but I I think we also have to keep in mind, look, when I started, when I came to this country nine, 10 years ago, the only all female lineups were from a place called laughing cows, which started in Manchester and it was run by Maureen Younger and Hazel O'Keefe. And they, uh, it was the only place look when i came here i had had 10 years experience in canada and very few clubs were willing to even give me a 10 minute spot because they were like "Mm, girl so for a lot of years those were the places i worked and they came from the north so i also like to like really make sure we we remember that women in comedy festival the only all-female festival i believe in the uk i might be wrong manchester so th- there is a real vibe and a real push and i think it's important um you know that that uh we we have to push look it's also on us we have to push the clubs we have to make promoters book us you know it's important to see you know d i want you up in the north i want you all over the country i want to be all over the fucking country right i i don't want to be limited so i think we have to also put it on us to go no 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 i'm going to go there I'm going to go there and I'm going to play that club. And I'm going to put myself in that environment because we owe that to the audiences as well. We have to teach the audiences and the promoters. Don't be this gatekeeper. I'll, you know, I'll show you, it can work out. So I think it's on all of us as well. Just to say that, just to be a little.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. I'm really glad because my next question was going to be what can, um, what can male comics do? What can allies do? Um, but as you said, no, no, in? no, I'm no, sorry, no, 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 no. You just okay, said it's okay. all on. You just said it's all on you. So I'm backing out. I'm out. So uh, uh, Ricky, did Alison just say it's all on them?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a load off my back. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly.
0: Life. mate. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we are out buds. Yeah. Oh, it's good to know. Cause I'm too, I'm too <laughs> ill. I'm too ill to do anything. (laughs) Too ill to do. D, you, uh, you've got your, you've had your young person cap on uh, today because you, uh, because it's a young person cap that you wear when talking about uh, being a young woman. Do you have a trans hat as well that you can put on and I can ask you a question about? What do we as trans allies do? To make the experience of doing stand-up better for 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 trans people as well, or do we not? Or do we just kind of, you know, call out dickhead behavior when we see dickhead behavior?
4: I think for the most part, that is that is all it is. So again, another way to <laughs> everyone's back. Uh, you don't have you don't, you don't have to you know move mountains. Uh, I think I don't know. It's 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 two two things, really. One is, you know, just treat us like everyone else, which almost goes without saying, but also needs to be said, Uh, because sometimes that's not the case. Uh, Sometimes there's a kind of uh, a slightly kind of circus act vibe uh, that I seem to give off and attract people to ask lots of questions that aren't necessarily needed. Um, So that's one thing. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just just I'm just a person just a comedian, just having a chat about anything. Um, that would be a start. Um, and also, as you say, yeah, calling out calling out behaviour when you see it. I suppose what I find quite difficult is, you know, like with all, you know, most forms of discrimination, it's very, very difficult to tell a lot of the time when it's happening. You know, you, there's always the chance, you know, for instance, when, when an audience is not laughing, I'm not you know, confident and arrogant enough to say, well, the reason that they're not laughing as much as I might is because there's, you know, a critical mass of dickheads in the audience who are sitting with their arms folded and would never laugh at anything you say. But also there is the threat of that all the time. So, for instance, when I was, uh, when I was on the BBC New Comedy Awards, uh, uh, which is how I know Mark, uh, the, I was, when, when it aired, when the final aired on BBC One, I was, I was following along on Twitter, like I'd searched BBC New Comedy Wars and I was just refreshing to see if anyone had anything to say. And the only comment that I got from Twitter, uh, like as, as my thing was going out live, was uh, a woman from like an anonymous account, uh, tweeting about how much of a misogynist I was uh, for being trans, essentially. Uh, and just how I needed to shut up and get off screen, that kind of thing. And like that was the only thing anyone had to say. So like those things are out there, but I always find it difficult to tell where it's coming from. I think also because people are much less willing to say that kind of thing to my face. So for all of you non-trans people out there, I think you're in some ways more likely to encounter that kind of really overt uh, kind of discrimination than I am. Um So in those instances, if you can just pop a word in, that would be great. Um, But yeah, for the most part, just keep doing what you're doing. Just be nice, just be pleasant, uh, as I think most people in comedy are. Um, You're doing great. (laughs) Thanks very much.
2: This is one thing that I think in regards to allies with Mm -hmm. other comedians. Okay, what can be done? I'll tell you what can be done. If you're a male, white, straight comic, And you're performing at clubs where all they book is white, straight male comics. I think it's a little bit on you, too, to start to look around and go, hey, why isn't there someone else on this bill? Right. Because all these guys will go and keep playing certain areas or certain places or certain clubs. I won't name names um, where it's like and they're good guys, but sometimes I go. How do you continue to let this happen when I'm your mate and we work at other places together and you think I'm great and you know what I'm capable of, but this place won't book uh, this, you know, this type of, at me, uh, a woman, trans, uh, there's not enough diverse lineup, and yet you're all still going because they're giving you the work. I think it also does come a little bit down to other comics to go, hey. What's going on here? And I know guys are scared to do that because they don't want to lose the work. Nobody wants to lose work. But you know what? If you're going to be an ally, be a bit of a fucking ally. And point it out.
0: Um, There are two really small things that I do because I am also a bit of a coward. So I don't go too full on. But there are two things I do. Uh, Number one, if I'm on a lineup that is all... uh, cis white men, I and I know about that lineup, and that's important because I don't book many gigs in because I take so many last minute because of all the TV warm up. So if it's a gig that I know about and it's all white men, I won't put it on my social media, and I will tell the promoter that that's the reason why I'm not pushing it on my social media. So if they say, oh. Can you? So often you'll get your call sheet and you'll get your times and then they'll say, oh, can you tweet about this and Instagram about it? I will say to them, oh, yeah, I'm not really comfortable on my social media pushing a gig that is all white men. So I'm just not going to do it. And then the other thing I do when I turn up at a gig and it is all white men, I will when I invoice that person. I will give them a list of really good women that they that they could and should have booked for that gig. Um those are two incredibly small things that I try not to be aggressive about. I just try and be kind of uh productive about, I suppose, creative about, supportive about. Those are two little things I do.
3: I think they're two quite big things. And I think if if everybody you know did that and I think you know that's one thing I was thinking it's about you know the blokes you know that that they've gone like yeah you're great but then you know when somebody's doing like shout outs it's like it's like shout out for the women do you know what I mean like just 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 kind of you know be that that ally and it it would be amazing if everyone was doing that there was something I I was gonna I was gonna gag in on as well that I hear a lot and I I've kind of thought about this and I don't know if you've heard this a lot, Alison as well, but um or D, but like I I get there's a there, there's there there can be people that are saying I'm doing a shout out for women and women aren't applying or um I'm not getting you know I'm not getting much response from women and I've 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 sort of mused over this a lot. <laughs> of like what's sort of going on there um is that a part of the problem that women aren't applying to gigs and is that to do with childcare restrictions is that to do with confidence is that to do with the fear of being on an all-male lineup or you know I think it's sort of worth like a conversation in the circuit somehow like what why is that happening um because there are there's well there seems to me like there's loads of women comics out there there's not a there's not a lack of them um and i, I don't know i don't know if if people have come across that or no
4: <laughs> yeah i think the i think people we'll run into this in all sorts of areas that i think when you when you've been kind of dominated by whether it's whether it's like whether it's a male thing, whether it's a white thing and you're looking to kind of expand and then you just like put you know put a a, a post about oh apply here to do XYZ because for so long you've been kind of self selecting not that, and it's like, well who's gonna see your post about women apply here when for so long you've you've not been kind of you know, it's great that people are working to do that now but I think it, it just, it, it takes a while to change these things, you know, like what, what if, if you haven't been booking female comedians for 10 years and then you say, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll put a doodle poll together. It's like, well, what women are going to be aware of what you're doing? Cause you, you've been excluding them for so long. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know, just sort of try a bit harder if you run into that problem. Um, so it's like- what
0: I said earlier. It's, it's so easy to book an all male bill. You just need a little bit more effort. I, Personally, I think the other thing to do is if you are, if you are struggling, reach out. Uh, the comedy circuit, we get people listening to this podcast. Firstly, I'm absolutely gobsmacked that people listen to this podcast. I genuinely thought, and me and Ricky have this conversation a lot, I genuinely thought it would just be people in Bristol. I genuinely <laughs> just thought it would be people that we knew. And we had a technical problem last week with the podcast, oh and we God. had people messaging us. Uh, Complete? Did we, Ricky? We had literally people we didn't know yeah. going
1: Yeah.
0: Got- oh, there's a problem with the podcast, and I couldn't believe people actually listened to
1: it. I got a message in Polish asking me, <laughs> 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 and I was like, and "I was like, first of all, you listen to the podcast, so surely you speak English." But okay, I'll do my best, <laughs> Google Translate But yeah,
0: it has a weirdly wide reach. So, but people do listen and I would, and people listen uh, who aren't stand ups as well. And I think people who aren't stand ups probably don't realise how many gigs are booked just on Facebook. Mm. Like I mm. am blown away because I don't keep Facebook installed on my phone. I just put it back up. If I'm doing Benny Live stuff or if I'm doing BBC new comedy award stuff. And then when I relaunch it and I get like, just lists and lists and lists of this gig on Facebook, that gig on Facebook. And I'm like, well, that's your problem. You're using Facebook. Exactly what Dee is saying. You're using the same way, the same group, the same system that you've always had. Why don't you just text someone and go, oh, mm-hmm. you know anyone who's a woman in your area who could do this gig? And I'll be like, yeah. I know loads. You know, it. I think it really, and that happens to me all the time, by the way, that happens uh, with agents like off the kerb. If someone breaks down on a Friday afternoon and they need someone for Newport or Cardiff, they'll message me and go, help, I need to get an acting tonight. And I would always make sure when I give them three or four, I would always make sure that two of those are women. You know, it just kind of, just seemed, and not, like good I wouldn't recommend anyone shit I just recommend good people Yeah Yeah I hope this Well you did got... that with
2: I was going to say you did that with warm up work like oh, if I yeah. can take a minute look Mark Mark was one that got me TV warm up work and I can't even tell you the amount of people who are like a woman doing TV warm up huh? We've never had that before and I was like wow and you know, Mark worked really hard at like getting quite a few of us some opportunities to do TV warm up. And, it, you know, that was that was interesting. It was it was mind blowing to see like television producers being like, huh, yeah. this. well, wow, this is incredible. This is incredible. You're like, wow. Um, so that is interesting because you always have made an effort to like put some different people in the mix, put some di- because that's that's what needs to be done. And So, yeah, I appreciate that you do that. I appreciate that you make that. You know, you say it's a tiny bit of an effort, but like Claire said, it's a big effort. Because if the dudes hear from the
0: dudes... Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, We're going to finish soon, but I want to finish on something positive, which is about the all-female gigs. And, yes, I did describe that I used to think of them as the Paralympics of Comedy, and I used to think that they were just like, oh, just look at these safe spaces and, and people aren't going to get better and blah 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 but actually think people should do every single type of gig but i also think that those gigs where are women only gigs
4: are amazing d do you do many of them i've done some yeah i think it's i think what's interesting about them is they they attract they just attract different audience I almost goes without saying but it it's not it's not that that audience is not a comedy audience or you know not an audience that you know understands what they're hearing cuz it's the first gig they've ever been to it's just you know a lot more women than an average gig but people who like women doing comedy and it's the same i think with lgbt gigs particularly in like pride month that happens a lot you know when you when you have a gig with a kind of purpose like that you self select an audience that is, in my experience, way better than the average audience. Just more excited to be there, more kind of, um, more kind of with it. Um, yeah, no, I think I think they're great. I think they're great for everyone involved. It's just a good time.
0: Tell me about yours because we had these conversations, uh, sort of at the end of lockdown and stuff when you were, when you were gigging or coming or wanting to gig a bit more. And we had Claire Berry, by the way. If anyone uh, wants to get involved with someone who sends the longest voice notes in the world (laughs) on WhatsApp, (laughs) if you ever got a long car journey, get into a get into a voice note conversation with Claire Berry. They're absolutely brilliant. Um, But you,
3: you basically just had enough, right? I just wanted. I just stand up the gig. I just really wanted like to see like just to give that platform do you know what I mean and it it just felt it just was feeling unfair and I just wanted to see if that would work and 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 you know yeah like Dee was saying it it, you know it was a very female heavy audience that we get and um, they're so excitable. They're just so excitable, and like every time, it seems to be like that. It's just like they can't wait to kind of, you know, experience the the uh, female comedians. And I and I think that, um, you know, you were saying you you said then that you'd kind of seen that. Oh, it's not like people grow, and I think people really do grow because I think I think. Um, you know, and I'm sure Alison's experience when you when if you're the only woman on a lineup or or a very sort of you know male heavy lineup, I think I think it can kind of impact your um your performance potentially because you're sort of you're you're extra conscious that God, I've got a really you know, I mean that, that that's probably like my experience as well. It almost makes me more kind of nervous because I've got to really sort of prove myself. Whereas the sort of joy of like an all-female lineup is, you know, performers are just kind of like, fuck it, I can just really go and I can really play and I can really explore. And when you've got such a kind of excitable audience, they're just kind of like, they're just so up for it. Um, and uh, I, I just, I just, I, I mean, I absolutely love doing it, and I've grown a lot, sort of MCing it. But you're doing it. Like you're doing it in the Everyman in Liverpool, and you're selling out
0: like,
2: like
3: yeah,
0: all the time, right? Yeah. Like this is this is a hit.
3: Yeah, I yeah, it's it, it, it's it's kind of more of a hit than I than I than I thought it was it was gonna be, and um um yeah, just I mean you know like it's it, it's just just been like lovely, really that you know, people are just so so up for it. But again, I sort of like, you know, every time I really think about that lineup, I really think about, okay, well, that person's like really high energy. That person's a bit alternative. You know, I I really try and kind of make sure that you've got a really like the last gig that we did, um, it was it was absolutely it was it just kind of worked out that we had somebody that was uh we had Right across the generations, we had somebody that was 17. I didn't realize she was 17, <laughs> she wasn't supposed to be there at 17. But we had someone that was 17, and somebody was seven. was she doing and somebody was seven was she doing one, one of her was the 17 year old doing one of her first gigs? Uh, she'd been doing it for a bit and she'd been recommended. Um, she was brilliant, she was very, very quirky. Um, and uh, but um, yeah, it just you know, and 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 I think people really enjoy that that kind of completely, you know, across the spectrum sort of acts. and and I think that that's part of why people like it is because there's that there's that the, you know a, there's a lot of diversity, um, and yeah. it just makes it more fun and more interesting, and I think people have treated. And Alison, it- yeah, sorry, I'll shut up now.
0: No. No, no, no. I was just going to say because Alison, you're also involved in. Are you involved in a new one in Manchester or are you just on the lineup next week?
2: I'm just on the lineup next week, but I am a part of, like, you know, I talk to the girls. I, you know, I, they're they I am working on developing networks and encouraging women to develop a network within comedy. So I uh, knew the girls who are starting the night, Tegan Marlowe, Alex Stringer um, and uh, you know, they were like, will you close for us? And I was like, that's so sweet, of course I will. Um, it's interesting, though, when you talk about an all-female lineup, because when I started 22 years ago, although I'm very young, everyone, it was amazing. I started comedy before I was <laughs> <young>. Um, <laughs> so it, it was like... Uh, I didn't want to do all-girl lineups because I felt like then they're telling me, okay, will you go do this? And so for a lot of us, when we started, we didn't want to be on all-girl lineups because I felt like they were going, well, you can't play with the boys. You go do this thing. So for a long time, I fought to be able to be on the boys shows, on the regular club shows. On, I would always do the girl nights. They were good, you know, but I would always... Now, I feel it is important to be doing all-girl lineups so people can see the amount of female comedians that are out there or diverse lineups that are out there. So my opinion on them has changed before I thought it was segregating me. Now I realize it's important and I want them to exist. So people go, Oh, look, we just saw six female comedians. So producers out there can't go. There's no girls. No, there is. In fact, there's full lineups of all girls who are very funny. So my opinion on them has changed over the years.
0: I I think you'd agree with me, Ricky. I think we fixed it. I think this. I think we. I think we've sorted out misogyny <laughs> in the comedy industry, and also while we're there, we've sorted out transphobia as well. We've done really well today, Ricky. And I'm ill. I've done all of this one. operating
4: twenty
0: <laughs> percent, and we have solved both misogyny, transphobia, and, and racism. We solved racism.
1: Yeah. That's so captain my captain all the day's work.
0: It's not even half 12. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> what can we do? What should we do with the rest of the day? Let's do ableism.
1: Uh Egg yeah, listen. <lunch.
0: Egg burn-ism. laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Was there anything that anyone wanted to add to this? Is there anything that we we might have missed a little bit? We've not really talked much about kind of horrible comedians being gropey and sex pests to to female comedians. And I'm guessing we should just like we should just say to to reach out and talk about that and tell someone. I think every scene has got people that will uh, that will listen to you and band together and try basically get rid of all the negative influences and keep the positive influences. Um, is there anything that I've that we've missed?
2: I, I, I feel we've chatted. D Claire, what do you think, Ricky? What? Are, how are we doing here? Yeah, uh, I,
1: think, I think we're doing great. Uh, there's going to be a uh, there's going to be a difficult editing session, um, but <laughs> but we'll get it
3: done. We'll get it done. It'll be great. Uh, D Claire, anything? Uh, the, the only other thing that I uh, <coughs> you know is is kind of. Um, but, you know, yeah, I know all that kind of. Like, I know there can be a lot of harassment, and I've heard some really horrible stories. Um, and I think younger women probably go through a, a different sort of challenges to older women. Do you know what I mean? I think there's like, as a young
2: woman, I can say it's really hard.
3: <laughs> yeah, and then, but for an older woman, it's kind of you're more, you know, if it's a lot of young people on the you know, on the circuit, it's like, oh, what's 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 the sort of middle aged woman got a bring here? You know, so I think it, I think it's sort of, it's they're both really difficult in different ways. I think that's all I was going to say.
0: Yeah, I think there are some really there are some practical things that we do in Bristol, things like. Have you gigged in Bristol, D? I can't remember because we had a conversation about it, didn't we?
4: I have, yeah. I've I've loved getting, gigging in Bristol. It's been it's been really great. Because
0: you did the did you do Mister Wolf's on a Sunday? I think.
4: Uh, no, I did. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of the place. It was on a Saturday. Uh, yeah, the gig uh, for like Lucy and Yak, the the Dungaree people. Oh uh, right, okay. That yeah. was that was a lot of fun. Breeze
1: <laughs> out of that out of that Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah, Mark's Mark's having a bit of a coughing fit, but I
0: was coughing so, so bad that I couldn't press my mute button. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying
3: to I trying to press oh, I'm God. sure I he smoking hell, did he?
1: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> go to bed. <laughs> Just go to bed, Mark.
0: You need um, so much I'm going, I'm going to bed. I'm going to have a nap for a couple of hours. That's it. Uh, my last ever action on this earth was to get rid of all forms of discrimination. So uh, play something really rousing at my funeral. that would be that would be really good. Thank you very much, um, uh, Claire and Allison. Thank you. Thank you so much for this. I'm, I know that. We should be able to just say, let's talk about being comics. And it's a shame sometimes that we have to talk about let's talk about women in comedy. But I do know that there will be people who are listening to this podcast who have found this incredibly useful. I also you can do this. If you are listening to this and this has made you angry, then please reach out and tell me that we're talking shit. And diverse bills are more difficult. Because, like, if you want to do it as a podcast, we'll do it as a podcast. We'll let you talk. And if you want to do it privately, then talk to me. If you think that we're talking shit today, then reach out. And you know who you are because you know you listen to this and you know you're a grumpy little fucker. But reach out (laughs) tell us all about it. Um, Thank you, everyone. I'm going to go and do some more drugs now.
2: Oh captain my captain <laughs> thank you for having oh me. captain my like captain
0: thank you. For oh, thank you thank you so much oh You're captain awesome. my Bye. captain my captain oh
2: captain my captain